listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. My child, keep my words and store up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call insight your intimate friend, that they may keep you from the loose woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice, and I saw among the simple ones, I observed among the youths, a young man without sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening at the time of night and darkness. Then a woman comes toward him, decked out like a prostitute with hidden intent. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the streets, now in the squares, and at every corner, she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with impudent face, she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have decked my couch with coverings, colored spreads of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. He will not come home until full moon. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. Right away, he follows her and goes like an ox to the slaughter or bounds like a stag toward the trap until it pierces until an arrow pierces its entrails he's like a bird rushing into a snare not knowing that it will cost him his life the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god and thank you christy for that reading I'll tell you what the stuff we read in church these days guys <laughs> it's awesome <clears throat> So I actually sent that reading to Christy a couple weeks ago just to give her a heads up and make sure she'd be okay reading all of that in church. And she was totally up for it. Um, a little too up for it, I should say, actually. Um, <clears throat> also, props to the choir. Wasn't that amazing, you guys? It is so awesome. So awesome to have our choir. Um, it was a great song. I really, I really loved that, you guys. You knocked it out of the park. Um, 
Now, uh, before we kind of get into this, for those of you who uh, came to Trunk or Treat, I need to apologize uh, because I am not preaching in my Batman costume today. I received many requests. Um, if you weren't here on Friday, this is what you missed. Uh, I went with the old school Batman. Um, although it helps I got the two little cuties with me up there. But anyway, so, um, so maybe, maybe I'll bust it out for like a special occasion, Christmas or something, we'll see. Um, not today. <clears throat> So last week we started a new series called A Year of Wisdom, uh, where for the next year or so, give or take, we're going to be working through the wisdom books of the Bible. Stuff like uh, Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, um, that kind of fun, uh, different stuff that we don't read a lot. Uh, and we kicked things off last Sunday with the book of Proverbs. We're also doing this thing uh, in this series, let me get my bulletin, uh, where every week uh, in the sermon, sermon notes with the Going Deeper... Uh, we are going to be giving you a passage from the wisdom books to read uh, and reflect on, along with some questions to guide that reflection. I want to encourage you to be doing this, and I'm actually curious, probably going to break my heart, but did anyone actually try this last week? Did anyone read Proverbs 1 to 3? Okay, a, f- a few of us. For, for those of you who did, what, what did you think of it? Any, any takeaways or comments? New perspective. New perspective? Okay, in what way? Any Yeah, yeah. You, there's like there's like a voice in it. It's it's not just a bunch of random sentences, but it's someone talking to you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Other other observations from folks who read it. Any anyone reading Proverbs for the first time doing this? Maybe maybe some of us are a little more aware of it. Okay. For those of you who read it, anything that surprised you stood out. There was nothing quite that racy. <laughs> so okay. It was familiar. Okay. So you'd, you'd read through it before? Had it been a while? Yeah. Okay. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here, a lot of like turns of phrase and things like that that are, that are super uh, enmeshed in our culture. We don't even realize it comes from Proverbs. Um, I, I did it. I read Proverbs 1 to 3 uh, this past week, um, read it through a few times. And I got to say, um, similar to what Sharon uh, pointed out, um, when I think of Proverbs, I typically think of those pithy little statements, right? I think of, I think of like, you know, um, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's not Proverbs. I think that's Ben Franklin. But, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, spare, the, spare the rod, spoil the child. Like, that's, that's where my mind goes. Um, that's what Proverbs is known for, but that's not what starts out this book. Uh, if we go ahead, I think one slide, maybe two. One more. Perfect. So you got the Proverbs, but that's not the actual beginning of the book. The Proverbs don't start until chapter 10. The first nine chapters are made up of poetry. We get these long poems in the first third of the book that are about wisdom and the importance of seeking wisdom. Um, and you might have caught on to this if you, if, you did the, if, you, if you read or if you want to jump into it this week. You'll see there are four characters in this book. Four characters who are important to know. Now, I, I got to say, they're not characters in the traditional sense. Like, they're not, they're not figures like Jesus and David and, and Moses who actually do things and have stories. But there are still four key characters in this book that are important to know. Um, the first two characters are the father and the son. Alternatively, we could call them the parent and the child, right? We can cut down on the hyper-masculine language a little bit. Um, these opening nine chapters in a lot of the book are written as if it is a parent addressing their child. 
Here's an example from Proverbs 1, verse 8. Hear, my child, your father's instruction, and do not reject your mother's teaching, for they are a fair garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Another one from Proverbs 2. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs 3, my child, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 4, hear my child and accept my words that the year of your life may be many. I could go on. <laughs> are, we, are we sensing a theme with this? Yeah. The speaker of the book of Proverbs is this parental figure, this fatherly or we could say motherly figure, which leads me to ask, who's the child? That's right, Tiffany nailed it. Was that Tiffany or was that Lori? Yeah, you nailed it. That's, that's why you're here now. <laughs> yeah, us, us, right? If the speaker is the parent, then the child is us. You all are a character in the book of Proverbs. I bet you didn't know that you were a character in Proverbs. Congratulations, you guys. We are the children. We're part of this story. So those are the first two characters, the parent and the child, but there's another set of characters we've got to talk about to understand this book. Two super important characters, female characters, at least that's how they're presented, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. They're these two characters we meet throughout the book of Proverbs, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. The parental character encourages the child to pursue Lady Wisdom with all they've got and stay the heck away from Lady Folly. That's the thinking here. Now, we first meet Lady Wisdom in Proverbs 1. Wisdom cries out in the street. In the squares, she raises her voice. Wisdom here, imagined as a person. Here's what she has to say. How long will you love being simple, O oh simple ones? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Give heed to my reproof. I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I've stretched out my hand and no one heeded. And because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when panic strikes you, when panic strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. Lady Wisdom. Lady, lady Wisdom. What do, what do we think of Lady Wisdom? <laughs> Any adjectives not nice? Someone say? I'd say like snarky, maybe. Um, lady Wisdom is portrayed as this very strong, bold, uh, independent woman who is taking zero crap from the likes of us, right? That's Lady Wisdom. Um, she walks boldly through the street. She's in public view, inviting everyone to come to her and learn to dine at her house. And we're told that if we listen to Lady Wisdom, things are going to go well for us. We will have skill to navigate life. But if we don't listen, if we ignore Lady Wisdom then calamity will befall us and she'll be laughing at us. Just such an encouraging word. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> that's Lady Wisdom. Uh, the passage Christy read for us captures the perspective of Lady Folly, also called the adulterous woman, which is super problematic, right? Like, like hella patriarchal. We're going to get there. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but Lady Folly has her own invitation for us. Uh, it's a little different. 
<laughs> it's very seductive. Uh, sounds like a good time. <laughs> but it goes in a very different direction, right? I have decked my couch with coverings. Colored spreads of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. He will not come home until full moon. You guys were uncomfortable enough when Christy read it. I had to, I had to read it again. <clears throat> By the way, for anyone in need of a last-minute Halloween costume idea, <laughs> may I suggest Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? It could be a couple's costume. You can make it, you can make it work. <clears throat> Great for your next uh, what, church harvest festival or whatever they call it. Uh, let's address the patriarchy here because we got we to talk about this. Um, the trope of the so-called loose woman who causes otherwise upright moral men to, to falter. Um, super problematic, right? Like, ew, awful. Um, that sort of thing plays right into misogyny, um, demonizing women. Women who, it needs to be said more often than not, are the victims in these kind of lurid sexual encounters, right? Um, if you are not careful, you can use the book of Proverbs to reinforce some very unhealthy ideas about gender and sexuality and especially about women. We're not going to do that. Um, we're going to carefully navigate this. We have to read this well if we're going to handle Proverbs in a way that doesn't demonize women. And here are a couple things to keep in mind. First thing you need to remember when you read this book is the original audience. We talked about this last week, but the book of Proverbs was originally written to instruct young Israelite men, boys really, between the ages of like 14 and 16, maybe even 12 and 16. There's different theories on what age kids have been reading this racy stuff. Young boys between the ages of 14 and 16. Now, let me ask you, why, if you are writing this to young men on the cusp of puberty, why might you talk about wisdom and folly in this way? Hormones? What? What'd you say? Horny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Warning. I thought you said horny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, warning. That works too. That works too. But yeah, no. Warning. That's better. That's better. The thing I heard works too. <laughs> I mean, you'd probably have their attention, right? They would be listening. For the record though, I still don't think this is a very healthy way to talk to teenagers, but you can at least understand why they did it, where they're coming from. Uh, when I was 14, if you'd have talked about wisdom and folly as two potential romantic partners who are both very interested in me, you would have had my attention, for sure. So that's one thing to remember, is who this is written to. Another thing to remember, though, is that we are now the ones reading this, word, this, this book. We are now the child in this um, arrangement. And we are not 14-year-old boys, right? At least, at least not most of us. Liam's probably close. Okay, we got, we got one 14-year-old boy. But most of us are not in that category anymore. So if we're going to read this text well, we might have to do some translation. Uh, I remember back when I first started here at the church, um, gosh, just over four years ago, 
Uh, I went around and I visited all our shut-ins. At the time, we had maybe 16 or 17 shut-ins, uh, folks who couldn't really get out of their homes. Um, a number of them have passed away um, over the years. Um, but I remember Luann Sensi actually took me out, and we drove around. I met like eight or nine people in a day. Um, and I remember visiting one very sweet elderly woman who's going to remain nameless for this story. Um, but she told me a bit about her life. And she told me kind of the story. She'd been married and widowed a few times, maybe a divorce in there. Um, and she was telling me about one of her husbands, one of her late husbands, who was lazy, could never keep a job, lied to her all the time. And this sweet old lady says to me, he was good in the sack and not much else. <laughs> that is Mr. Folly. Are we following this? Like that that is what we, master, Mr. Lord, folly. That might be a metaphor we'd work with. Uh, or maybe a better metaphor for you is a friend who, maybe they're fun to be around, they're the life of the party, but they, they drain you, they leech off of you, they manipulate you. You're a worse person when you're around them. They get you into trouble over and over and over again. Maybe folly is a spouse who betrays your trust over and over. Maybe it's an abusive partner who keeps promising things are going to be different this time, and you keep taking them back for some reason, even though they never change. We can glean a lot from this book if we translate it to speak to us. Lady wisdom and lady folly are the choice between health and unhealth. You can take the hard way that's going to take a little work or the easy way that leads to destruction. That's the idea here with these two, and it runs through the whole book. Um, will you return to the abuser because they're familiar and they know how to sweet-talk you? Or are you going to seek out a partner in life who honors you, who loves you, who makes you a better person? That's Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Are we connecting with this? Are we following this? Excellent. Um, Lady Wisdom calls out to us in public places in broad daylight. There's nothing to hide as Lady Wisdom is inviting us to come and follow her. Lady Folly calls to us in the darkness, in the secret places. Lady Wisdom offers us life. Might not be that fun. It's going to be work, but it leads to life. Lady Folly offers us a lot of fun but it leads to death. This metaphor of Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly is getting at one of the key assumptions of the book of Proverbs. It's super important to know to read this book. The assumption is that life is a journey. Our lives, according to Proverbs, are a path with a number of crossroads. Can we go ahead one slide? Perfect. Life is a journey with many crossroads. There's going to come a point where you have to make a decision. Do I go this way or that way? Do I take the hard road or the easy road? Do I settle for short-term comfort or long-term health and, and, and reliability? If we want to live a good life, we've got to make the right choice. That's what Proverbs is telling us. Now, um, this might sound a little too simplistic to us, right? Proverbs tends to assume a real clear-cut line between right and wrong, wisdom and folly, good and evil. It's not always that simple, right? Proverbs doesn't leave much room for gray. And yet, 
There is some beauty and some wisdom in its simplicity. Jesus saw that wisdom. In Sermon on the Mount, Jesus instructs his followers to choose the narrow path that leads to life and avoid the wide path, the wide road that leads to destruction. Jesus was a wisdom teacher. He goes on in that same exact sermon uh, to talk about the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house upon the... You guys know the song. Very good. Um... (laughs) So Jesus got this, but the same, the same idea, the same approach runs through the whole Bible. Um, who here knows the story of Adam and Eve? Are we familiar with Adam and Eve? Any of us, some of us? Opening chapters of Genesis, two naked people? It's a theme today, I'm sorry. <clears throat> You've got two characters, Adam and Eve. Adam, which is the Hebrew word for human or humanity, and then Eve, does anyone in here, anyone know Eve, Cheva, what the Hebrew is, what that word means? Uh, not helper. That's a good guess, though. It means life. So you get these two characters, human and life, who live in a garden called Eden. Eden's just Hebrew for garden. There's nothing special there. Um, what's that? Garden garden. garden, garden. The garden garden. But in the, in the garden, right, with human and life, there are two trees. What's the first tree? There's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what's the other one? The tree of life. Humanity and life face a choice. They can eat from the tree of life and live forever, which means they're going to walk with God, learn the ways of God, be able to successfully navigate life. Or they can eat the tree, they can eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They can try to seize knowledge for themselves. They can take it through their own power, try to determine for themselves what is right and wrong. But God warns them if you do that, it's going to lead to death. Then we meet another character, right? The serpent. The serpent hangs out over at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, calls to Adam and Eve in the darkness, in the secret. Check out my fruit. Doesn't it look tasty? Wouldn't you like to dine at my table? Wouldn't you like to sit under my tree? They see that the food looks good. They take, they eat, and the rest is history. What if the book of Genesis is not just telling us a story about two people in a garden a long time ago? What if Adam and Eve's story, it's wild, is a story of human life? What if our entire life is just a series of decisions, one choice after another, that over time add up to either a good life or a wasted life? Think about decisions that have shaped your life as we kind of close out today. The choices that led you to wherever you find yourself right now. Hopefully there's some good decisions there, right? Times when you uh, listened to a hard bit of advice from a friend that you knew was right. Times when you trusted God and went with that, that narrow path. There's probably also some bad decisions, some mistakes. Uh, times when you built your house on the sand and the walls caved in. 
Maybe some of us have been there. The promise of wisdom isn't that we're never going to make a single bad decision. That's, that's not realistic. That's not how it goes. The invitation is to grow. It's to grow in wisdom, to grow in insight, to get better and better at discerning wisdom from folly, good from evil. To gain practice in this so that when those hard choices come and it's not so black and white, we're going to have greater clarity, greater discernment, and greater confidence in our ability with God's help to distinguish right from wrong. That's the narrow path and the wide path. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Lady wisdom and lady folly. Let's pray. God, help us this week and beyond this week as we are presented with tough choices. As we face decisions, help us to discern right from wrong, good from evil, wisdom from folly. Give us clarity, Lord, and direction. Help us to cut through the noise and the distraction, to choose what is just and what is right. Give us practice in following wisdom, Lord, that we may build lives that honor you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at Brockport FB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.